It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Off The Bench. The biggest names in Aussie sport are here every weekend. Yeah, welcome to Off The Bench. Jason Matthews here. And welcome to another edition where we look at some of the big names we spoke to during the week and some of the hot topics that we covered, which include sports people that you would have loved to have seen in the flesh, but you missed out on seeing. We'll go through all that shortly. Uh, we'll catch up with Trevor Long, looking for some gadgets for Christmas. With a sports twist, this man can help you out. We also spoke to the Newcastle Knights captain, uh, coach, I should say, not the captain, the coach, Adam O'Brien. G'day, Adam. G'day, guys. How are we? Good. Thanks, really mate. good. Are you smashing the boys at the moment? Mate, it's funny, this pre-season, um, we're getting some work done, but I wouldn't say that it's a, I guess, the typical pre-season that I've sort of, you know, grown up with with bellyache in, at the storm and then the one that I gave the boys last year is certainly a little bit different I think with the year that we've just come off um, you know it's easy to think well that's sort of over now and we can crack on but I think there would be some residual effects of the season that we've gone through what is COVID so um, mate look we're getting some work done but it, the the main objective now is just to get the the boys' body right, and we plan to go fairly hard, fairly fast in um, in January. Have you had to pull back on a little bit in relation to where you yeah, normally be? Is that what you're trying to say, is it, yeah? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, if you were going to compare the two pre-seasons, the one that we had last year, look, the goal when I arrived last year, that's... Um, the boys, unbeknown to me, had always been saying, you know, just that anxiety of the new coach coming in and... Um, Obviously, the boys didn't make the eight last year, so um, I think they'd already had some miles in the leg, so we were able to go a lot quicker, a lot earlier. Um, this year's a little bit different. They've enjoyed some time out of the bubble with family and probably haven't done the work um, that they had last year, so now it's my responsibility to get their bodies right and get them cracking after Christmas. Everyone trains hard, Adam, as we know. I mean, it's their job, but is there... Is there some usual suspects that you see, or is there, is there someone that's jumped out of the box this early part of the preseason that you've been really impressed with just with their work ethic over the break and coming back uh, with their body still fully fit? Yeah, probably the two that stand out for me the most. We don't have everyone back. Um, our origin guys will come back after Christmas. Um, and I think we just got Mitchell Pearce and uh, Mitch Barnett and, and Clem, Big Clemmer. They, they started about four or five days ago. Um, but the, the two kids that have probably stood out for me the most is uh, Stafford Toa, our winger. Mm. Who played, I think he played five games for us last yep. year. He's, um, he's in really good condition and sort of looks really explosive. He's doing some good things in the gym. Um, and I guess the other guy is Anari Tuala. He's, uh, he's added about four kilos to his frame. And it's all good weight. Um, so he's looking good. He, I think he's maintaining about 91 kilos at the moment. I think he was about 80, 86 to 87 last year. So that's good weight for Anari. And he sort of maintained his athleticism. You know, he's, he's looking fast and powerful. So I'm really happy with those two guys. Um, I think 
having Jaden Braley back into full training has been yeah. excellent for us. I think he's set some benchmarks for us, and um, yeah, just even just having him in and around the group is great. But he's also uh, setting some standards for us in the uh, in the conditioning. Yeah, it hurt you last year, didn't it? Not having him there. He's such a senior player and effective around the ruck. Where's Kalen at with his injury, Adam? Yeah, mate, he's in he's in rehab and working extremely hard. He's been back from the start as well. Obviously not with the group, but he's progressing along nicely. We haven't sort of got uh, you know a definitive time frame on him, but I don't expect him to miss too much of the start of the season. But the one thing I've said right from the start, we're going to make sure that he's um, he's one hundred and ten percent before we risk him. Do you re- review yourself? After each season, Adam, like, and in your first year as a head coach, did you review yourself at the end of the year? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very sort of process driven. I guess coming through that Melbourne system, um, you know, the, the coaching sort of pedigree that we got down there. It's whatever you're asking your players to review their season and where they can improve, then you need to be doing that yourself. You know, so it's really important that. We look back at the things that if we had our time again, if we could have a time machine and go back, what would we do differently? Um, what, worked, what worked, what didn't, what was out of our control? You know, so we're as a coaching staff, we're really well planned. I took the guys away on a, uh, a week-long retreat about three weeks ago. We planned out the whole pre-season, everything down to our travel, when we travel, um, you know, where we'd stay, where we'd factored in camps, um, you know, when, we, when we'd have hard weeks, when we'd have down weeks. So, yeah, it's really important. As I said, if we're asking our players to be that way, then it's important that we're doing that as well. So, Adam, do the players give you feedback on your performance as coach as well? Yeah, absolutely. So the end of year review, we do that straight away when it's fresh. Um, we go through everything from, you know, how they thought the training plans went, you know, were we organised, um, did we have the right type of training, everything. So, look, you don't always want the inmates running the asylum, but mm-hmm. it's important when you've got experienced experienced players there, then, you know, you'd be silly not to listen to them. So, yeah, we do a thorough review, not just players, but right through our medical staff, our performance staff, and as well as our coaching staff. Wasn't Wayne Bennett, Sats, famous for giving players inputs into the the team? They said, all right, you, you can pick the ice cream or whatever. What, what do you want to wear on the bus? Yeah, what do you want to wear so on the, the bus? So they they got a lot to say. <laughs> so in that review on yourself, Adam, is there anything different we'll see from Adam O'Brien that will be overt, something that we'll see from Adam O'Brien in 2021? Or or um, it'll be more behind-the-scenes improvements or work? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure whether whether you guys would see a whole lot. I certainly would like to think that the staff have already seen a, a bit of a mm. difference. Um, I think because it was the first year we're a new coaching group together, you know, we are getting to understand each other. I think I've, I've delegated a lot more responsibility to assistant coaches. And I think the one thing that stood out for me, the I guess what Craig managed to do for me in Melbourne was give me an area that I could own and he didn't sit on top of me. He just said, right, it's yours and basically don't bugger it up. So I sort of afforded that to the staff. I think if you can empower people and allow them to do their job, then you'll get the best out of them. So I think it's probably more behind the scenes sort of stuff that you'll see. I'd like to I'd like to sit here and say that you won't see too much animation in the box, but I can't guarantee that. Mm-hmm. It's probably in my nature a little bit. 
you know, for many years calling rugby league games for Fox and now with NRL Nation, Adam, I used to watch you when you were very early on in your in part of the coaching stuff, and you were one of the, the shirts, one of the, I think you were the, with your yellow shirt or yep, blue, blue shirt? shirt. No, blue, blue shirt. shirt, yep. But you drank more water than the players did out of the water <laughs> bottle that you carried. You, you were that hyped up, you were full of that much adrenaline, you are always drinking out of the water bottle. I don't know whether you realised that. Mate, I was, I was buggered. There was that many messages coming down <laughs> from, from the great man upstairs, and, you know, I was young and keen, and um, I certainly wasn't going to miss any message that, went out to the playing group and um, yeah, he certainly, those were the days where he was a little bit more free reign with the blue shirt. I'm sure there was times there where I probably clocked up more Ks than some of the players. (laughs) Hey Adam, the NRL announced some rule changes last week and the one that seems to be I guess copying a little bit of controversy I love it, is the two point field goal outside 40. Is this something first of all, what did you think of the rule changes and secondly, that one in particular were you trained for that? Yeah, look, mate, I'd like to sit here and say that we've got a number of guys that can slot that. I think, it's, you know, we've probably got a handful there that can put them over at training where there's no scoreboard or crowd pressure or game pressure. Um, look, how many we'll see, I'm not too sure, but, I, I, you know, I guess those that uh, that manage to nail one, well, it'll be a, a really well a worthwhile change for them. Um Probably the ones, we actually plan a session to go through everything with the team tomorrow. We've got a referee consultant on staff uh, and he'll take us through everything. But probably the one that sort of queried a little bit was the, you know, the ball into touch and then it's a, um, mm. then it's just a handover. Now, I think when you've got a guy like Taylor, and I'm not the only one here, you know, you, you think of guys like Tom Trevojevic and, and Tedesco, we're putting it into touch and then getting the, you know, if they make the play the ball on the tap line or something like that, then that's a pretty good area of the field to take the fullback out of play and then hand the footy over. So I'm not sure that that's a positive one. Um, but in saying that, look, we'll pressure cook everything tomorrow and have a good, uh, uh, have a think tank around it where what are the positives for us, what are the negatives and, and you know, how we, we tackle it all. But um, look, as for the, the, uh, the field goal one, as I said, there'll be some guys out there trying to show us over the pre-season that it's, <laughs> it's going to be a good thing, but usually they're the fellas that um, don't have a kicking license. <laughs> now, what about positional-wise? With that, that new play-the-ball rule around the end of touch, uh, positional-wise as the years go on, Adam, do you feel as though it's probably more around the forward pack, the lock position, or maybe the front rows? Do, do you see the, the size of the player or the skill of the player having to change? Will we see a, a little bit more of an old-fashioned lock forward moving forward? Yeah, look, the, the area that we've sort of identified, you know, it, for two reasons. I think the smaller lock forward has come back into vogue thanks to yep. guys like Victor Radley and Brandon Smith, um, Cam Murray, those sort of guys. But we've got two pretty handy ones in, in Kurt Nan and um, Connor Watson. So I do see... Look, we're, we're fortunate. We've got some tall timber in, in the Safari boys and Clemmer. And you can have too much of a good thing, so I'd like to have a, a point of difference there. Even a player like John Asiato, I know he's, he's signed there at Brisbane. That, those point of different guys that can... I guess they're, they're, they're a little bit half of your edge-type player and your middle forward, and they can be that extra link. Essentially, you can play with four halves on the field, so it's, mm. it's a lot harder to... Uh, 
to game plan your defence against a team that's um, got multiple sort of pivots, if that's if, for lack of a better word. What did the players think of the six again rule now that you've sort of looked at 2020 season overall? Oh, look, I've had no complaints around that, actually. The... Um, Look, they understand. I think if you're on the on the um, on the end of one against you, the big men are probably you know not in favour of it. But when it comes your way, um, you know it can be really beneficial. The thing that it has done is probably stripped out your, your need for having too much structure. Um, it's definitely made us play a little bit eyes forward footy as opposed to you know a lot of that set up type play. It's it's more reaction than now, and um, I'd like to think. With us, as I said, we've got some big guys that can carry the ball strong and get that quick play of the ball. And I think we've got some guys that can really benefit off the back of those quick play of the ball. So there's certainly no complaints from our end in, uh, in that sort of real change. Yeah, before we let you go, and thanks for your time again, I saw a picture of Bradman Best the other day. He looks super fit. He looks scary leading into this, leading into this season. But one that's flown under the radar, one of the biggest signings for 2021, Tyson Frizzell wouldn't be training full-time at the moment, but has he settled in from a... Yeah, you know, from an, an emotional point of view, pretty easily. He has, mate. He's been he's been excellent. He hasn't started training because he was mm. with Origin, but he's been in and around the club, met the boys. Um, yeah, it was a really good sign because he came up uh, early in the piece, um, and just you know, uh, uh, I think a message went out on the WhatsApp group, and you know, fifteen players turned up to have a feed with him, and they've really welcomed him into the club, but. I know him and his wife Sammy, and uh, they were up here yesterday looking at some houses to to settle into. But just spending some time with him yesterday, he's ready to go. He's um, you know keeps himself in good physical condition, and um, you know. And one of the reasons for for signing Tyson is he's not only going to be you know instrumental in what we do in the eighty minutes, but he's a really good visual for our younger guys mm-hmm. on what it takes to prepare to to play this sport and, and at this level. And he's frightening to look at as well. Now, I think you've got a, I think you're an amazing team. I hope they stay all fit for you, Adam, because I think 2021 could be a, a really successful season for the Knights. Yeah, look, um, I hope that we've uh, used up all the bad luck cards out last year, and we can, um, you know, keep a consistent team out on the field and, and produce some good footy for the town. And I know. All our uh, supporters and sponsors are really craving a successful year. And, um, you know, we got an 80-minute taste of it last year, and I'd like us to hang around a lot longer in finals mm. next year. All right, Adam, what's the plan for uh, Christmas, mate? Mate, I'm actually, for the first time in 15 years, my wife and I have purchased a house in Merriweather, so we're quite settled here now. Um, it's the first time in 15 years I'm not getting in the car to go home. The family's coming to us, so yeah, we're really nice. looking forward to Spending some time, uh, you know, summertime in Newcastle's outstanding with the beaches. And due to COVID, I I didn't really get an opportunity to get out in and amongst some of the, I guess, the the community and some of the things that Newcastle has to offer. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. But at the same time, uh, as I said to the boys today, we've got another week to go yet before we break up. Now, true, true or false, Adam, that you have been sighted down at the Merriweather Baths in Budgie Smugglers? (laughs) Mate, that is a definite false. Um, we're in, 
We're in carb eating and beer drinking season, so you won't see me in any of that attire. <laughs> That's great. Was that was that a question from Scott Sattler? No, that was, was from it? Mitch Pierce. Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah, I'm just going to throw him under the bus. There you go. <laughs> Extra reps for him tomorrow. Uh, Adam O'Brien, coach of the yeah. Newcastle Knights, mate. Have a great Christmas and thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Yeah, same to you guys. Thanks for having me. This is off the bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench talking about sporting greats and how oh god i wish i had seen those those people you know participate in 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 their matches or whatever it was i thought what a great hot topic for the show tonight who is the one sports person you've never seen live that you wish you had of one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three, or shoot us a text oh four double seven seven three six seven three six uh cobbler has sent us a text hey lads sporting person wish i could have seen live was Michael Jordan, without mm. a doubt. Yeah, it would have been fantastic, MJ. We've got, we've got some of these sportsmen and women uh, through an array of sports around the globe that, that made everyone stop and watch. Whether you supported them or not, they made you stop, watch, and respect what they're doing. And, and one, of the, one of the people I would have loved to have seen, and you know how much I love my boxing, just talking to Benny Damon about that fight tomorrow night, I, I would have loved to have seen Mike Tyson live. And he's a little bit like Michael Jordan. Whether you don't like or like Michael Jordan, he stopped, he made you watch, and you applauded just how brilliant they were. Tyson, from all accounts, and I've spoken to people that have watched him fight in Vegas, and they said the whole room was full of electricity. Yeah. And you could, when the prelim fights would finish, you'd slowly feel the room just gather all this energy because you knew something brutal was about to happen, sometimes in less than 30 or 40 seconds. But... And then the music would start when Tyson would walk out. And he used to have this walkout music where it'd just be these chains just clanging together. They reckon it was disturbing. So the electricity wow. in the room uh, was a little bit like Jordan. So yeah, I agree with you, Cobbler. Jordan, and for me, Tyson would have been one. I would have loved to have seen him live. What about rugby league? Without a doubt. And this, again, I know I talk to my dad a lot on this show, but you know, I've, my basic education around rugby league and the history of rugby league has been through my father and and all his teammates, but he quite often used to talk about how much he loved and admired Graham Langlands. Yeah, right. So yeah. I would have loved to have seen the great Graham Changer Langlands, and I, we, we'd have a lot of Dragons fans that are listeners that would have seen Changer play through the through the sixties, that that great Dragons era, and then through the the seventies as well, where he's captain coach of Australia at one stage. From all reports, he could have played in any era. But when he ran the ball, it was just sublime, just beautiful yeah. to watch from all reports. What about you? Have you got anyone in rugby league? Yeah, well, one of the greatest pleasures about working on the show is we talk to sporting stars from every background. And I, I remember one interview as a South Sydney supporter mm-hmm. was when you and you and Badge spoke to the great Bob McCarthy. Oh, he's my hero. Rang him at home, picks mm-hmm. up the phone. You just had a Home chat. phone too. Home phone, <laughs> old school. There's only been two like that. It was him and Ray Warren. Yeah. They the only two. But spoke to him like an old mate for mm. about 20 minutes. And here I am sitting here with my headphones on just in heaven, mate. I'm going to chuck another one in. And this is a sporting icon, Winks. I never got to see Winks in the flesh. And, and I would have loved to have seen her. And that's another one, Jace, that you know, Winks changed everyone's view on horse racing. Now, I'm not a huge horse racing fan. And as I said earlier on, I loved Might and Power and Pumper Cassidy. But but Winks made someone like me and many others that I know that don't. Even my kids. Yeah, they, when Winks was racing, 
let's watch her. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Who else you got on your list? I've got uh, Sugar Ray Leonard uh, being yeah. a boxing fan. Yeah. But being a, an NFL fan, I, I would have loved to – one of my bucket lists is go to Lambeau Field, the home of the, the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers. Cheeseheads. Yep. And Brett Favre was their champion quarterback. The gunslinger. I would have loved to have seen him live. Very similar. Being a Dallas Cowboys supporter, Troy Aikman. I would have loved to have seen the legendary quarterback. I won, what, a couple of Super Bowls with the Cowboys. I got close to him. I was, at a, I was at a conference at the Hilton in Dallas, and he was presenting. And that was about as close as I got to Troy Aikman. A couple others. Uh, Viv Richards. Yep. Amazing. And beefy, both of them. I would have loved to have seen him. I saw, I saw beefy and Viv Richards play... Um, Shield Cricket. Well, you're much older than me. So We've got Brendan, who's texted us on 0477-736-736. Gabriella Sabatini, she made you stop and watch. Yep. Yep. She, yeah, we'll leave it at that. She was very athletic. <laughs> hey, shoot us your text, 0477-736-736. She was very athletic. Uh, 1-300-42-15-33. You can call us as well. Which one sports person or sporting icon would you love to have seen live in in the flesh. Pedro from Tari, yep. without a doubt, the Don, Don Bradman. Yeah, of course. The great <laughs> that would have been poetry. That would have been amazing. Yeah. This is Off The Bench. Welcome back to Off The Bench. I thought I'd get this bloke on, Sats. Cause I Are you getting him on because Badge is not here and we're going to talk technology? Oh, mate. Actually, How bad is he with technology, Badge? Actually, we should. Let's bring him in now. Trevor Long from the podcast EFTM. And, of course, you also see him on the Today Show. He's their, he's their tech whiz. Yep. G'day, Trevor. How are you, mate? G'day, boys. I'm good. Um, yeah, well, our, our co-worker, Gary Belcher, like, he, he doesn't even get on Twitter. He's got no idea about technology. He, he so. buys the paper in the morning, Trevor. Buys the paper. <laughs> which Wouldn't he get carved up if he was on Twitter, though? Yeah, oh, so he buys the paper and he thinks that news doesn't change for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. Just sit it's called stone. aged news once it's been printed. <laughs> well, we said to him, mate, we read about, we saw that online yesterday, mate. So anyway, listen, I want, to talk, I want to talk about technology. We're leaning into Christmas, but I want to put, as I said to you earlier today, I want to put a sports twist on it. What can you get yep. dad this Christmas or mum even, you know, as well? What can you get mum or dad? This Christmas with a sports twist on it. And, mate, the top of your list here is Chromecast. Now, Sats, you don't understand. I don't Chrome, understand, Trev. Because you're an Apple man. I'm, yes. a, I'm an Android man. Tell Sats what this Chromecast is. You can be an Apple man and use this as well, especially given the latest version is just for anyone. This is a device that for $99 turns any television, any TV with a HDMI port, the, the place you plug in your, your Xbox or your whatever you're watching, turns any TV into a smart TV, not just a smart TV, the latest smart TV. So Google TV is what we call the, the kind of app ecosystem that Google made. And it means you can install Disney Plus, Stan, um, you know, Netflix, uh, KO Sports, all those things can be installed on this box. And then you don't need your phone. You don't need a tablet. You just need this little tiny remote that comes with the Google TV. Um, and for 99 bucks, you've got, at the click of a button, you've got access to all your streaming services, YouTube, everything you want. And if there is something awesome on your phone and you want to just push it up onto the big screen TV, you just tap one button and it's up there. Honestly, e it's the gadget of the year phone? for me. Even, yep, even absolutely. with an Apple phone? Mate, yep, what if is... you're watching YouTube or something on an Apple phone and there's a little Chromecast icon, you just click it and up it comes on the screen. I've seen that little icon on my TV screen. I'm wondering what that is. Yeah, well, see, I'm the only one, mate, in my house with an Android phone. And I go, 
Geez, wouldn't it be nice if I could get that Apple product onto the onto the Chromecast on our TV? Why don't Apple make it easy for Android users? Yeah, because that's not how Apple works. <laughs> if you've got an Apple TV, it's the complete opposite. Everything else yeah. is barred except Apple products, which is what makes this so good. Like $99, that's pretty much within the budget of, of most parents buying the kids present for dad, if you know what I mean. So it's, it's the right price. And I just think that it, whatever TV you've got, this is smarter. Like it doesn't yeah, matter when you bought your TV, this mm. is better. Now, for dads, it was all about tools once upon a time. And we're always complaining about our kids, Trev, being um, in front of the, the screens too long. Is, is that starting to change now? Are dads spending more time in front of iPads, TVs than what the kids do these days? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you think about what's available on that, on that device in front of you. You've got a rolling feed from – this is what I love about social media, not the arguing and the nasty stuff. But, like, I'm an F1 fan. I can follow all the drivers and the teams that I like on Twitter, and that's, that's what I learn about. That's what I hear about directly from the team. You follow footy players, you hear directly from the footy players in the club. It's kind of like getting ahead of the news. So I think that's what's driven dads to, to sit, uh, <laughs> sit in front of that phone for so much. But don't also forget that you don't need Foxtel anymore. I cancelled my Foxtel five months ago. Same. I was paying 100 and, 130 bucks a month, and I'm now, I'm now paying 25 for KO, and I've got everything I need, every practice session for the Formula One, all the, all the, all the rugby league, all the AFL, I've got it all. And that's another great Chrissy gift is that you go to Woolworths and Coles, they sell KO vouchers, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever you want. That's one or two months free KO for dad. And even if he's already got an account, you're, you're saving him the cash during the year. So yeah. I think a voucher is still a great gift for dad. I put you under that, didn't I, you did. I love it. I'm addicted to it, Trev. It's brilliant. Now, another thing is uh, when I look at men that have got those little ear pods in, I, I can't look at them with, with a lot of respect. Yeah. Now, ear pods, I think they'll be pretty popular, won't they, come Christmas? Definitely. Now, you know what? Headphones, I don't think there's a there's a bigger product in terms of booming in 2020 than headphones. And I'm with you, Sats, mate. I cannot stand the look of Apple AirPods. Those little stalks coming out of your ear, the white ones. <laughs> I think you just look stupid. And I've thought that from day one. But there are plenty of ones that either have that little stalk and they're a different color, or they're more of a bud that goes inside your ear yep. and just sits mm. in there. Um, JBL, Sony, um, Sennheiser, Skull Candy is another brand. You go to JB's or Harvey's, They've got, as long as you're spending, here's my benchmark, spend more than 150 and you're getting a good product. You spend That's less nice. than 150 and you're going to notice a sound quality issue. They're probably not going to be a great fit. There's, there's quality issues. But you get a good brand over 150 and your budget can be as much as you want because you can get those things for like 600 bucks. Um, they're excellent. And so another great gift, especially for dads that, you know, out on the lawns, that's when I wear headphones most out mowing the lawns, mm, um, walking yeah. around. That's my alone time. No kids, no wife, just yeah. me and the lawnmower. Yeah, mate, can I give you a little bit of a life hack, boys? I, I wear headphones called Soundpeats. I get them on Amazon, 40 bucks. Best sound, they're in here. Best sound I have ever experienced. There you go. Look I feel like those. I need hey. to send you some better ones just so that we can we can counter that best sound. All right, mate. I'm open for anything free, mate. That's EFTM. That's the name of the podcast. Alexa, yeah. what's this sports scores via voice? Well, I didn't think a lot of people realize those Google Homes and Amazon Echo devices with, you know, you can ask Alexa, you can talk to Google. They are very good with sport. Like what time is this game on? What, what, um, what was the score in the Eels game? You can ask a lot of questions and they will answer them pretty well. 
So, and also there's a lot of trivia. There's, there's some fun games and trivia and those things too. So those smart speakers start at like 50 bucks. Again, under $100 present for mum, dad, all the kids. And not only can you control your light bulbs if you buy a smart light bulb, you know, uh, find at the time, the weather, but they've they're pretty, got a pretty good database of sports knowledge as well. So I think they're a good gift um, for anyone that loves their sport is a uh, um, smart speaker from Amazon or Google. Now, for the very affluent who like are out there. Like yourself. This the, is Sats asking for The himself. Audi e-tron, fully electric car. Now, can you tell me, Trev, when you take the car home, obviously you've got to plug it in at home. You've got to get the whole device Ooh. put in to plug it in. Does your electricity bill become exorbitant? <laughs> so, uh, firstly, you don't have to get anything installed. I drive oh, really? electric cars now and then because I review cars. I've got an Audi e-tron in the driveway right now. It's a $137,000 car. You'd need to have made at least one good tack in your life to be able to afford that, right? <laughs> so you bring that home, you bring that home, and you plug it into the same power point you plug your vacuum cleaner into. Oh, wow. And it, and it charges. Now, it charges slowly that way. It might take 20 hours to fully charge uh, if you've been uh, running around town. But if you get a, a faster charger installed or you go to one of those locations where they're charging, you can, you can fill this thing up in 45 minutes to get 80% battery. So basically, it depends on how often you want to charge. And here's the big thing people miss about electric cars. They think, oh, it's going to take me 10 hours to charge. It takes 20 seconds to fill up a tank at a petrol station. You fill up petrol once a week, once a fortnight. With an electric car, you come home, you plug it in. Now, if you drive 30 k's a day, 40 k's a day, you get home, your car is in the driveway for eight to 10 hours. It's plugged in, it'll actually need less than the time that it's sitting there and it will time itself so it charges ready for the morning in the cheapest time of electricity. So your bill won't go up, it'll be about oh, maybe a dollar, two dollars a day at best and it's gonna be about 30%, if not 40% saving on the cost of petrol. Okay. Well, what sort of range, though, do you get with these cars, mate? It's not very far, is it? It all depends um, which one you get. The Audi e-tron, for example, can go 400 kilometres. Now, that's, wow. that's, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, most wow. people aren't doing road trips every weekend, and so that's not going to be a drama. When you are doing a road trip, you can drive uh, all the way up the Hume, back and forth to Melbourne and back, Melbourne, Sydney, Sydney, Melbourne, whatever you like, and it will cover it because there are stops along the way to charge it. But for 96% of people... You're just pottering around town, going to work, plugging in at home, and it's charged every night. Well, there you go, Sats. Get yourself one of those. You've got a spare 137000 bucks laying around. I'll tell you what, Trev, you've sold me with the Chromecast. <laughs> not the car. Get on it. The Chromecast. The Chromecast. Yeah, get the brand me. new one, though. Not, mm. the, not the... Hey, Trevor, before we go... Yeah, make sure it's me, the, make sure the new one with the remote. Yep. Okay, mate. I love your podcast. It's called EFTM, Everything for the Man. It, but it's everything for everyone, really. Put me onto the Weight Watchers app. Fantastic. I've dropped six kilos in four weeks. Thanks for that, Trev. We count all your food and yep. it's so easy. You can find beer in there, which is great. And I've I've managed to find the beer that puts the least amount of weight on, so I can still have, you know, quite a few of those every week. But Trev, I want your advice. I want a new phone. I've got five hundred bucks to spend on an Android. I'd like to spend less than that, of course. What can I get? Uh, mate, easy. JB and Harvey have got bucket loads of phones. Outright, you own them, all good. Samsung Galaxy A51, 499. Great phone, great camera, everything you need. If you don't want a Samsung, you want a slightly different brand, Vivo or Oppo. Again, under, in fact, under $400, you'll get a good phone. So Vivo, Oppo or Samsung, you're sweet at, uh, at JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman.
He knows everything. Trevor Long from the podcast Everything for the Man or EFTM. Make sure you look for it uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. It's great. And it goes for about 50 minutes and it's, it's a really good podcast, particularly if you like all your gadget sats. Trevor, thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. My pleasure, boys. This is Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench. Welcome back to uh, Off the Bench. I hope your weekend's going really well. Jason Matthews here, Aussie Open. What's going on with the Australian Open? We thought we'd get Sports Day's tennis expert, Brett Phillips, on the line to help us out. G'day, Brett. Uh, Jason, thank you. Uh, I feel like we are absolutely on the verge. I know I probably have said it a few times before, but, um, yeah, I I think we're getting very, very close to a call now, and there is a big uh, call uh, tonight. Our time between the ATP and, uh, and all the players, a big phone hookup, and there's plenty of those in different time zones all around the globe um, to, uh, to get things rubber stamped from an ATP point of view. I think the WTA side is fairly settled in the last uh, couple of days, but uh, the biggest issue has been to try to sort out a calendar uh, for the first quarter of the year. Uh, it's not just about the Australian Open, it's about trying to get a calendar together, and there's been a lot of hold-ups because when you change date, it um, yeah, has a, a huge ripple effect, as I've said before. So this this phone hookup that's happening tonight that you that you're talking about is that after everything's been now organised, it's all in place. Broadcasters, obviously the Oz Open organisers, the Victorian government, the Australian government, have all those boxes been ticked? Do you think, Brett? Yeah, certainly. I think you know we, we can confidently, absolutely confidently say that the Australian Open will be the eighth to the twenty first of Feb, a week of lead up, either starting on the thirty first of Jan or the first of February. Now. What that exactly looks like, we're just waiting to see. It does look like we're going to have an abridged version of the ATP Cup, which was a huge success in its first year. Three cities, 24 countries. We'll see um, yeah, a much more scale-back edition of that. Maybe a, a couple of ATP uh, 250 events and also two women's events. Uh, there's going to be a couple of events to start the year on the 4th of January, so that week commencing the 4th, so the men in Delray Beach, and also in Turkey, and the women are looking to play an event in uh, uh, Abu Dhabi before the qualifiers. And then it's trying to sort out the calendar post the Australian Open. So we know that Indian Wells, that big tournament, uh, is pretty much being cancelled. So a lot of those events in Feb, everything's just sort of pushing back a week. Uh, Miami is still on the calendar, the other big event at the end of March into April, but with the Florida situation, uh, that could certainly change. So... Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a tough one to call. And look, I think all the players certainly have the information Jason's got in regard to the quarantining. Look, he's going to be very strict and they know exactly the protocols that they're going to follow uh, here in Melbourne. Um, and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully have an announcement once uh, the, the phone hookup takes place tonight. Hopefully a couple of calendars released by uh, this time tomorrow. What about all those Aussie players who have come back to Australia, done their 14-day quarantine? Do they then have to go, like Jordan Thompson, players like this, do they then have to go and play the lead-up tournaments back in Dubai, perhaps, and do more quarantining? Or can they just... So, or yeah. Can they be given a wild card to the Australian Open? Yeah, so there are a certain amount of wild cards that get handed out to the Australian Open uh, every year. Uh, there's normally a couple of reciprocal wild cards that are given to the US and the French tennis federations. My understanding is that that's going to be scrapped. So all the wild cards will be given to the Aussies, and that normally goes on ranking, and any Aussies who uh, don't get that wild card are going to have to ride their luck and fly to the Middle East and and uh, and try and qualify that way. Now, Jeez. a lot will probably try and do that. 
because of what's um, you know what's on offer at the other end. That's a hundred thousand dollars if you can make it into the first round of the Australian Open. So if it means you sacrifice that and the quarantining back on top of the quarantine they've already done a lot of a lot of the Australians, not all of them, but the ones that did get to travel in the back end of 2020. Um, that's you know that's something that yeah a number of Aussies are going to have to do. Brett, from a uh, of a calendar point of view, February as opposed to January, I'm thinking that the players would prefer February from a heat perspective. Well, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm no uh, uh, weather historian, um, and I'm trying to think of you know certainly February can be pretty hot uh, here in Melbourne and. You know, certainly in the early part of March, uh, leading into a footy season, we can get some hot weather as well. I mean, we can get. I mean, Melbourne gets everything, uh, as we know, uh, <laughs> especially in one That's day. That's a big it can claim, Brett. And, That's a big claim saying it gets hot in the yeah. footy season. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, round one, uh, round one. I've oh, seen round... some stinkers on uh, on round <laughs> <Sorry>. one, <laughs> round two, and then she gets a bit ordinary from there. <laughs> but uh, oh, look, I think anywhere January, February is uh, is, is sort of going to be. You know, warmish uh, for the players, but yeah, I, I don't think we probably get well February. Yeah, I'll tell you what, February we've had some uh, some forties days, so who knows? Who knows? Too, I, I can't even think that far ahead. <laughs> now, uh, Roger Federer claimed last week at the Switzerland Sports Awards uh, he's not sure. Not only will, will he be fit for possibly yep. the Australian Open, whether it's January or February, but he may not be fit to take the court again after the lengthy recovery from his knee injury. Now, have we seen the last of Roger Federer, do you believe? This has been a really interesting development because we've certainly got the impression all along that Roger was on track. I mean, he had the knee surgery in the middle part of the year. Uh, He'd been doing a lot of physical work. He hadn't necessarily been back hitting a lot of balls. He'd started to do that in the last, um, you know, few weeks. And, I mean, everyone knows their body uh, better than anyone else. And he hasn't, absolutely felt cherry ripe out on the court and he's pretty honest I think when he makes a statement Roger Federer I think you listen to him um, because he doesn't uh, he's not a good liar uh, be fair to say and look I think that the Australian Open being pushed back three weeks maybe helps the cause but also uh, it'd be pretty tight uh, for him to get up now his priorities next year no doubt are to play at least one more Wimbledon a good Wimbledon in his career he wants to compete in one more Olympic Games um, fingers crossed that goes ahead and uh, and be sort of fit enough towards the, the back end of the year, which may mean he could extend maybe if he was fit enough towards the back end of 21, maybe extend into 2022. I wouldn't say that, you know, next year is going to be the absolute final year of the career of Roger Federer. So, yeah, I mean, we'd obviously love to see him here one more time to farewell arguably the greatest player of all time. But it's such a long tennis year that, uh, you know, you, you've got to strategically plan it, particularly at 39. So... Yeah, there's a, there's a, it seems like there's where there's smoke, there's fire with this one. BP, quickly before we let you go, the television rights, we're seeing what's going on between Channel 7 and Cricket Australia at the moment. Um, have Has Tennis Australia and Channel 9 reached a nice little agreement? Is there a, a discount coming the way of Channel 9 because it's moved uh, as they lead into their primetime mm. programming? I don't know officially, uh, Jason, if that's uh, been totally signed off, but you know, certainly from people I've spoken to, and uh, that, that's going to be um, certainly um, have to happen because it's it's part of the contract uh, that uh, this is the reason they signed up Channel 9, $300 million over five years because of the timing of the event. It just works in perfectly to 
the start of a new ratings year and all their, their big shows they put on, Married at First Sight, all these great shows that you and great I show. and everyone else watches around the country Love every it. year. Don't miss a beat. How and, good is know, it, BT? How good is it? Yeah, all the rivalries, all the rivalries with the shows, they've got to go up against each other at the same time. So with the tennis uh, being in uh, that night uh, primetime spot, um, it does you know set back uh, from an advertiser and, and, and Channel Nine point of view. So I, I think no doubt they will uh, they'll get a little discount on the uh, three hundred million over five years. Actually, and also thinking about Sats, I was thinking about this today. They've now got to fill twelve to fourteen hours of content in January mm. for the last two weeks of January, which normally where the tennis is. So they'll be scrambling trying to find programs now to fill that gap as well. Very interesting stuff. BP, let's hope this all gets signed off tonight, mate. We wake up tomorrow morning with the news that the Australian Open is kicking off Feb 8. Thanks for your time on Sports Day. Good on you guys. We'll keep you updated. Cheers. That's it for another edition of Off the Bench NRL. This is Jason Matthews. Uh, Look, uh, Sats and I will be back on Monday night. Big show coming up. It is Christmas week. We're going to look at the big highlights in sport for 2020. Some really good uh, highlights in there. So make sure you join us uh, wherever you are. Monday night from 6 for Sports Day. We'll catch you then. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.